Welcome to Faith FM. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88 on the Faith FM network. It is a beautiful and cold Monday morning here in Newcastle and you are joined this morning by Lawson and Renee. Renee, so good to have you here. Thank you, Lawson. It's oh. good to be back. And that was an awesome intro. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I learned from the best. I actually sit here while Lyle's doing it, who uh, is, is away, of course, coming back on Wednesday. And uh, yeah, while Lyle's doing it, I sit here and like mouth it silently. Like, I just know it word by word, beat for beat. It's so you have improved. I remember when you first started. Oh, okay. We have, we, we uh, had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. But now that we're serious business this morning, yeah. and speaking of serious yeah. business, what are you grateful for this morning? Yes, Renee? this is. Um, okay. Uh, I, can I say I'm grateful for not traffic? <laughs> Yeah, I'm grateful 100%. because the other day I was stuck in traffic and it was so irritating and like it was really testing my patience. So I was actually praying a lot during that drive. I was like, oh, Jesus, I'm very mad right now. Please help me. Help my heart. Um, but this morning it was it was a really nice, smooth drive. So. Oh. For real. I think Christian road rage is like a very common thing. It's so real. Like I didn't say, but I didn't say anything or I didn't do anything. But in my heart, I felt like, oh. Oh, I'm a little mad. But, but it's like, because you become anonymous all of a sudden. Yes. No one knows who you are inside the car. And so, yeah, no, we definitely need help with that. Look, I'm grateful that, uh, you know, I look outside and it is sunny, a clear sky, but it is cold. Mm. I like it when it's cold. Yes. Lyle does not. I like Ly- it. Lyle is punching the air right now. <laughs> Lyle is really upset. But um, no, we love it here. I love it here when it's cold, particularly in Newcastle because it doesn't get crazy cold. It's uh, a nice crisp coldness, yeah. you know? Yeah. Just a little spruce to your day. <laughs> I yeah. like it. Refreshing. Refreshing. Mm. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Let's have a look at some positively different news this morning. What's the what's the deal, right, Renee? Yeah. Well, the deal this morning, um, there's a story here about um, over a million people from over 100 countries have taken mm. part in a sun, uh, haven't taken part basically yesterday, Sunday, in International Good Deeds Day. Oh, like, okay. Which, which is that like, cool? That's How, awesome. It is because like we have a lot of celebrations. We have a lot of holidays of like... I get, which is great, you know, family time, Easter. I, I mean, this past Easter, I mm. spent time with the family. Mm. We have like Christmas, um, people, f- you know, celebrate Thanksgiving and mm. just all these, um, what else is there? I don't know. Christmas. Did I say Christmas? I said Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so all these holidays, but it's really cool that this day is a day to do good in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, it was really cool that a hundred countries took part in this uh, just the other day. It was launched 15 years ago in Israel as a small oh. local event. Uh, the true spirit of dreaming big and getting things done has helped the project expand to include participants in 108 countries, sorry, um, unifying for a day of good. So every year on April 11th, enthusiasm grows and this year's event centered around thousands of projects dedicated to bettering society all under the 2021 theme of reconnecting <laughs> which is a great theme you know i've heard the theme reconnecting before like you know let's reconnect but i'm like no t- 2021 is a theme of it, reconnecting it deserves it <laughs> yeah it makes um, sense the, the interesting thing with that is isn't there like random acts of kindness day already i didn't know that 
Oh. Well, for sure, right? Like, they that would be, yeah. International Good Deeds Day, like, because I've heard of random acts of kindness. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of been the big, the big one. Mm-hmm. But now we have, dude, we should just have a holiday every day. It's <laughs> just like a different, you know, simile <laughs> saying for doing good to people. Yeah. That's yeah. the lives we should live. But it's really cool when people make this, like, group, you know, you can't, like, go and do massive projects like this every single day of no. your life. Yeah. But it's good that these people have come together and, and really focused on that. And there's just something different with a whole bunch of people people come together intentionally to do, 100%, to yeah. do good for the society and to better the society. And um, so the founder, Shari Arison, says that despite the pandemic, she says doing good and being good is always possible at any time and under mm. under any circumstance. Um, and just how heartwarming it is to see the outpour of goodwills, goodwill and acts of loving kindness mm. that people do, um, helping people making food baskets for those in need, entertaining the elderly and so many other activities filled with creative ideas that benefit others and spreading good together. The 63-year-old American-born Israeli businesswoman and philanthropist in yes. Israel's uh, is Israel's wealthiest woman. She's the owner of Arison Investments, which comprises of several companies, and she heads uh, heads up to Ted Arison Family Foundation. Um, so very, very much connected, um, mm. and she's very wealthy. <laughs> but I love that she she's giving back. She's giving back, and mm. she's do- using her influence. Um, for the for the good. You might not have the statistics there, but I'd love to know how many people uh, participated um, this year, not only compared to last year, because mm. last year's, you know, would have been very hampered by COVID, but even to the previous years, because uh, we covered a story a couple weeks ago about how uh, essentially like volunteering for charities and whatnot, you know, uh, people going and working in their local op shops or local food drives or whatever is in the United States is at least is, is on a massive increase at the mm-hmm. moment. People mm-hmm. have come out of, of lockdown and, and it's kind of fested in people, a community spirit yeah. of, you know, we need to give back and help those in need because, you know, during the, the pandemic, uh, particularly in the States, they all went through a period of being in need, you mm-hmm. know, uh, cause, cause it was such a struggle over there. And so I'd love to know, like, I, I would say that it's the, the events probably definitely grown yeah, over, yeah. over this year, not only because people can go and do it again, mm-hmm. but secondarily, um, yeah, because. Yeah. People are just in a generous mood. Uh, it's a good, which is a good thing. It's a like good said, swing. Yeah. Like you said, um, you know, this year is a year of reconnecting. And so they, mm. we definitely see and feel the need to reconnect. 100%. I know personally, I feel it. Like yeah. I, I, before the pandemic, I love to stay at home and I'm very much a homebody. Yeah. I will like my room is nice and very comfortable so I can be there like for the whole <laughs> day. Obviously I don't. Because I have a whole family and it's like, you know, that's thank God for siblings because they will pull you out. They're like, hey, come play with us. I'm like, okay, <laughs> all right. But this like after the, you know, during now I'm like, oh, what can I do for the community? Like, I want to go outside. I want to do something. <laughs> like, what, what is everyone doing? Dude, <laughs> can we like so do good. something? Can we like visit people? I don't know. Anyway. Oh, man. Yeah. I yeah. tell you, like, we're just absolutely relishing in it at my church. We had our first, um, 
service back on the university campus Ooh. in over a year. We did because we did one service on the new university <laughs> campus at the start of last year when we started. So the, yeah. the grand opening of the Newcastle <laughs> Uni Church and literally the next week, shut like down. shut down, pandemic, <laughs> lockdown. We had our first service and it was just like an experience. And also uh, yesterday as well on Sunday, we uh, got together and, and shared a meal and we did a vegan cooking class. Ooh. And um, dude, like I got to show you these photos because the food was incredible. We made sushi. But every single type of sushi and nigiri and um, yes. and onigiri, oh, it was incredible. But, uh, I don't want to take up too much time oh, talking no about food, but um, yeah, just getting together with people finally again is so good. Anyway, what else do we have there? Yes, so this is another story, real quick. Um, actually. Uh, on the other side of reconnecting, there is people in isolation. And mm. this family, they decided they lived in Sydney. And I can say I am from Sydney and Sydney is a busy place to be in. Um, there's a lot of mm. rushing to and fro. And so this couple who lived in Sydney decided that they didn't want to live in the city anymore. They wanted to live more rural and they've actually lived quite isolated actually in a, um, they bought a property, they built a house in a rainforest area and they lived there um, with their family. Um, however, when the floods came, uh, I believe in March, the actually it was just rain, really heavy rain. Um, flash mm. floods happened around their house in this, in the rainforest area, as well as, um, yeah, just oh, landslides. And so they were trapped there for a while. Um, they, they were left without power. And so here is, um, the Archer family with their three kids stuck there for three days. And they, they decided, you know what? Um, we're going to rough it out. We're going to quickly, we're going to walk to their neighbor's house to, for safety. It's safer there. But, um, it was just really, it was a really dangerous trek. Mm. But this husband, um, the husband, James Archer just really commends his wife, um, for, you know, for <laughs> taking one for the team, grabbing their three kids with all their belongings, um, and, and making it to safety. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of damage. They, they control they have to do but mm. um they're all safe now and yeah yeah just happy family so <laughs> good stuff i'm just glad to hear that the, the archer family are doing well now <laughs> you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different um but let's jump into the current news the serious news this morning and this story that i'm going to be starting off with is quite serious it's one that we've covered before, um, of course, it was very, very big news, very tragic news. Uh, the things, uh, something that happened last year, uh, which is the story of the Abdallah family, um, from, uh, from Sydney. Unfortunately, yeah, the, essentially a drunk driver. Uh, Samuel Davidson, he was drunk, um, and, you know, under the influence of drugs as well, he was drunk and high, um, driving and crashed his car into four children, uh, who were on the way to the shops, uh, Anthony, Angela, Sienna Abdullah, and Veronica, um, Sakir. And unfortunately, all of those children lost their lives. And this was, you know, a huge story, uh, going around firstly because it was such a tragic event uh, and people were incredibly saddened to hear this but secondly uh it was because of the family's response to their loss now this is such a huge loss you know uh the the abdullah family is a family of uh eight they have six children and you know but three of them passing away plus their cousin is tragic in any circumstance and their response to this has just been outspoken 
unspokenly Christ-like. Uh, we have just seen such forgiveness from the family, um, you know, such lifting up of, of Christian ideals of forgiveness and just, you know, they've been outspoken about their, you know, just clinging on to God in this moment and, and giving everything to Him. Um, now we bring the story up because at the end of last week, the uh, the accuser, uh, no, sorry, not the accuser, the accused, Samuel Davidson, um, was finally sentenced, and he received the maximum jail time of 28 years with a 21-year non-parole period. Now, the reason this isn't life in jail is because it was manslaughter. Um, so, yeah, there's... I, I'm pretty sure there's no life sentences for manslaughter just uh yeah maximum of 28 to 30 years uh which he did receive he pleaded guilty on all charges so i think that's a very good thing too he you know admitted his guilt um he pled guilty and uh yeah again the the abdullahs are just coming out with such wholesome um and inspiring remarks after this uh after this took place you know one of the things they did say though uh you know while they they petitioned that oh you know this is a terrible tragedy and and we're glad that this case that happened can show people that this shouldn't be done and they were talking you know about their forgiveness of the person um they also said they believed that the verdict of this case which was that the person was given the maximum sentence was god's will they said that this man received you know, the maximum sentence, receiving uh, essentially consequences for his actions, that justice had been done, was God's will. And I thought that this is such, you know, I looked at this and I, I thought, man, this is such a healthy way to deal with loss. Um, and that is not to seek revenge, not to blow it over, um, but to seek justice. And justice has been done here in this case. Um, you know, God is very clearly a God of justice, particularly when we look at the new, sorry, the Old Testament. Um, and we look at the, you know, the civil laws that he gave to his nation, Israel. We see that he is continually putting checks and balances in place to do justice for those who have been afflicted. Um, but furthermore, you know, living in the world that we live in today, uh, where, you know, we don't live in a theocracy under God's rule, and we see all kinds of injustice happen, and oftentimes, unlike the Abdullah family, you know, nothing nothing can happen. And I, I would, it just kind of turned the gears in my head. Like, justice had, had been done in this certain circumstance, but what if it hadn't? Um, you know, would it still be God's will um, that no justice had been done? And I think that um, ultimately, you know, the reason they're saying that justice had been done and it was God's will, the, the reason they're saying it's God's will is because justice had been done. But something I was thinking about is, you know, people often look at the Old Testament and they say, oh, man, look at the God of the Old Testament. You know, he's so harsh with his people, you know, uh, they... They read stories where, you know, he'll just consume a nation or consume, you know, people will step out of line and, and sincerely do the wrong thing, you know, things that they should be brought to justice for, and they will receive it immediately. My mind goes to, for example, the, the story of Elijah, uh, Elijah and the prophets of Baal on top of Mount Carmel. And the prophets of Baal have been leading, you know, the nation into absolute ruin, promoting child sacrifice, doing all these terrible things. And then they have the showdown, Li- uh, Elijah proves that, 
you know, God really is who he says he is. He proves that God is real. And the, then the consequence that is given to all the prophets of Baal is their immediate execution. Now, people look at that story and they're like, wow, that's harsh, you know. But ultimately, what's happening there is they're being brought to justice for their actions, uh, which, you know, the, the penalty at that time in that context was fair. But then people look today and they're like, oh, the God of New Testament, he's all about grace and he doesn't, he doesn't, you know, bring people to justice, but rather mercy. And I, and I just say to them, you know, I, I say, well, actually, I don't have that view at all. You see, the God that we see in the New Testament is probably the most um, justice-giving and bring to the consequences of their action-giving God uh, that we see in all of Scripture because the Bible clearly says that in the end of time, all will be brought to justice in an eternal sense. All will be, uh, you know, all will, you know, serve their, their lot. Um, all will come before God and, uh, you know, and be found, be found wanting. And those who have Him, uh, you know, will receive mercy and forgiveness. And those who don't, um, you know, because of their choice against Him, because of their choice not to repent and to turn from their sin and their wickedness, um, they will be brought to justice in, in an ultimate sense. But yeah, I just saw this story this morning and I, I saw a good thing happening that, you know, yeah, the law of, of our nation can work effectively and bring to justice those who have done wrong. Um, but furthermore, you know, just something to quickly remark on is that because now this man, Samuel Davidson, has a, you know, 31-year, 28-year prison sentence, uh, because justice has been done here on this earth, uh, which gives him the opportunity to rehabilitate as well, um, that hopefully he can learn from his mistakes, he can repent, and, uh, you know, uh, ultimately, we can see him come to God. And that's because of the amazing actions of the Abdullah family. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88, right across Australia. And joining us in the studio this morning is Ben. Ben, we're kind of excited to have you in the studio. People don't get to hear your voice, but they get to hear our voice because of what you do. That's right. So, uh, Ben, what do you do? Um, I'm a systems administrator at um, Adventist Technology, which is like um, we work for the South Pacific Division and uh, we provide our services to all the other conferences. So, basically, you are uh, tech support. Is that how we describe it? Yeah, yeah, IT. That's right. IT. <laughs> tech support. So, you're the person, you're the go to person that we always hassle whenever something goes wrong here. It's like, yeah, call Ben. <laughs> now, um, in your job, obviously, you look after more than just uh, Faith FM Breakfast Show here in the Newcastle office. Do you end up, do you, do you like have to travel and that kind of thing as well? Uh, sometimes we do. Sometimes we have to travel to the islands like um, America, Samoa, Samoa, um, Papua New Guinea. We cover everything in the South Pacific. Okay, so that's a pretty big and we also deal. look after the schools and everything as well, yeah. Wow, that's a lot of, that's a lot of, do you even know how many institutions you take care of? Too many. (laughs) (laughs) How long have you been doing them for? Uh, This is my fourth year now. Fourth year, yep. yep. Now, do you live here in the Newcastle area then, or? I do now. I used to be down in Sydney, but now I've moved up into Kurumbong, Uh Jerusalem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) For those those who don't know, that's a bit of an inside joke. Um, Faith FM is sponsored by the Adventist Church, and that's, the Adventist Church has a, you University there in Kurumbong, so it's become a bit of a um, bit of a community of 
Many of Venice living there. No, that's that's great. And uh, you go to church with Lawson, I understand. Yes, I do. Just recently. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, initially, because um, I moved up last year, right? And yeah. exactly one week after I moved up, I was like, you know, going to go church hopping to find out which church I want to go to. As you do. COVID hit. Oh, of course. A week after it arrived. Straight away. So I've only no visited anyway. like two, two churches. And then um, after I was just staying at home, looking at, you know, different churches to go to, and then I might as well just stick to my old church, you know, and just do the live streams like there. Through yeah, there. yeah, yep. And so eventually I um, met one of the church members at Newcastle, Newcastle. Education. And oh, okay, yep. she invited me to the church, and uh, here I am. There you go. Fantastic stuff. So, um, yeah, well, we're super excited to have you living a little bit closer because it means that when things go wrong, Ben's not as far away. <laughs> That's right. Um, now, Ben, uh, tell us a little bit about your story. What's your what's your family heritage? Um, I'm Cambodian. Okay. We're which uh, a lot of people don't really realize because I'm, I'm like a mix of Chinese and Cambodian. Yep. And pretty much... I was always going to guess, guess Chinese, but... Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> guess that. A lot of people guess uh, Chinese, Malaysian or something, but yeah, never Cambodian. Because uh-huh. usually Cambodians are a bit darker, but yeah. I got a bit of Chinese in me. That's really, you got a bit of tan happening there. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was born in Cambodia. I was okay. born in the jungles. I wasn't born in a hotel. Or oh, a, really? Or a, or a hospital, yeah. You were born in the jungles? I was born in the jungles. That's like, wild. I had like a... I had a witness and everything and then yeah yeah wow so then you have a story to tell quite a story you were born in the jungles you live in australia and now travel the world doing it work um that's a big contrast it is a big contrast all right tell us about your family tell us about where you were born and where you grew up and yep so my parents were born in cambodia and they were they lived through the war like the civil war which i think it was like maybe like three three two-thirds of the population. So they survived the killing they, they fields? Survived, they survived the killing fields. They um, came as a refugee to Vietnam, and then after that we had some family that was in Australia, and they helped bring us over here as a refugee. And once we came here, um, I was five years old. Okay. Started kindergarten with absolutely uh, no English, and then eventually had to learn the language. <laughs> I am. But yeah, it was quite a, quite a contrast. And uh, what, what really brought me to Christ was that... Um, Coming here, it's like, you know, it's not by chance that you come no. to yes. to where you are. And then they had religion classes in, um, pri- in primary school. Like, back then, it was like, I went to public school, and then I was like, oh, but what religion are you? I was like, oh, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, <laughs> wow. It's like, you come from a place where everyone's Buddhist. Mm-hmm. Like, you wouldn't have many different choices. Like, oh, are you Christian? Are you, uh, are you, you know, Muslim or anything like that? We didn't have anything like that. So, coming here, I was, as a young child, I was seeking Right. Ready. And I was like, oh, is there, is there something more to this than in life? Yeah. So there's more other religions. Other yeah. Religions. So, so what I did, I, I joined the Catholic group. Yep. And then they did like, you know, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit thing. And I was like, oh, is this, is this what church is really like? And then, yeah, then I also joined the Anglicans and it's all very different. And then uh, I was just seeking and then eventually I was like, oh, well, is there more truth to this? So I was always seeking, but I guess never getting an answer. Because you just try all the different religions. I even did the Buddhism, like, you know, you do, like... Well, yeah. I guess that's the religion of your parents. Would that be the religion yes, of your parents? Yes, yes, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. So, in Buddhism, you just, like, everything's done by, like, it works, you do good, and then, like, you know, karma comes back, you get good results. But it was very different there. In regards to uh, finally finding a place, um, my cousin went to Auburn Seventh-day Adventist Primary School, and, like, he's like, oh, it's a private school. My mom's, my parents were like, oh, you know, send, send your kids to a private school, they've got good education. And um, I went there, and I realized, oh, they went to church on Sabbath. So I went to church, and because of that, uh, no one was there to take me. So I had to bring my friends to church. 
Okay. So yes. they had to take turns bringing me to church, and then eventually they got baptized and they got baptized. Oh wow! Praise God. In two thousand and one, yeah. And I was still around ten years old, like uh-huh. grade five, and I was like, wow, this like you know God works in many different ways. Uh, after that. After getting them baptized, I was still seeking. I, I know the truth. Like you, when, as you grew up in the church, like you know the truth. Like you, you know the answers are there, but it's very hard to want to commit. Because the thing is, the biggest thing you realize is when you're growing up, when you want to be baptized, it's that you think you're not good enough to be baptized. It's like you know, because if I get baptized, it's all in. Mm. And I continued went to church for another 13, 14 years Didn't get baptized wow. My parents got baptized I went through the world And I was like, wow Trying to find my self-worth there Because I knew like, oh But in the back of your mind You always remember, you know you grow, Growing up in the church You remember mm, mm, God mm. is there God is right But to actually commit is like all in It's a whole different life changing experience mm. But when you actually do finally get baptized You realize it's just the beginning of your journey yeah, It's not right. the end And you don't get baptized because you're good enough to get baptized You get baptized because you're not Yeah, so that's right it's like <laughs> The church is the hospital for sinners <laughs> That's it That's it. So one of the major points is that um, I had three callings to come to God Okay um, well, The first time was uh, I always wanted to be a missionary Because I thought I was really cool And uh, one of my church members was like Oh, do you want to become a missionary? And I was like, yeah I want to become a missionary You know, go into the jungle and everything Get a Cambodia <laughs> Yeah, that's right Get a Cambodia Walk like Jesus did Talk yes. to the people that don't know Jesus And plus marry him And I got asked that Like one of my church members was like, Oh, do you want to be a missionary? And I was like Yes, and then it's like, oh, what are the crimes? You got to get baptized. And I was like, ah. I'm not ready to go all in yet. Yeah, yeah. And then that was the first calling that I rejected God's call. Uh, a couple of years later, um, my cousin, he just got into a, like a massive accident. Um, like he got lit on fire by a bonfire or something like that. Like someone threw a a bottle of petrol into the bonfire, bonfire and it blew up all over him. Mm. And then after that, he contacts me. And he's like, man. Do you want to get baptized? And I was like, why? He's like, because when you hit rock bottom, the only way you can go is back up. Mm. And like, due to his circumstances and the people who's around it, and I was like, oh, wow, that, that hits really deep. And I know me and him made a, made a pact when we were younger. Like, oh, when we, when we get baptized, we'll get baptized together. Okay. And I said, no. Oh. And he didn't get baptized as well. Oh. <laughs> Unfortunately. And then... Third calling. Third calling. <laughs> Comes to university. There's an ASOC group that Adventist students on campus. I knew they existed. I didn't want anything to do with them. <laughs> I was like, oh no, they're, they're a bunch of Adventists, and I was like, oh, I don't want to go, go all in. But then I randomly got a message. Someone SMSed me and said, hey, Ben, we're from the Adventist students on campus. We found out that you go to this university. Do you oh, they join? found you. They, they, <laughs> they you found down. They found and you. And I was like, who on earth is this? <laughs> What I found out was from the first calling, my church member that went to missionary work, he did missionary work and one of the missionaries, their sister, came to Australia because he went to do missionary work in the Philippines. Right. His sister came over and contacted me and got me my number of the... And I was like, God, this is such a small word. And I was like... like You're kidding Yeah, it's such, such a small word. And I was like, all right. If I don't, if I don't, if I don't say yes now... I'm never going to say it. Yeah. So I said yes. Praise God. Praise God. I started working for the church and I was like, you know what? It's time to go all in. Mm -hmm. I contacted my cousin, the one, the the second calling. 
I contacted him and I'm like, I'm going to get baptized. I need to be a missionary. And he's like, all right, we actually get baptized together. Oh, praise God. I was so hoping that would happen when you're telling that story. I'm like, please, please, don't be a tragic story. We get baptized together. My sister gets baptized with us as well. Praise God. And then I do my last semester of university. I don't even get my results. I fly to the Philippines, country I don't, I don't, I don't know the language. I think I go there, learn the language, and become a missionary for one year. Whatever you learn the language in one year, I learned it in like two, three months, and then I had to um, oh, preach in it as well. Uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, I am so jealous. It's God. God equips you. Yes. When you accept His calling, God equips you and lets you Amen. do anything. I learned the language. I started preaching. I. I it was, you know how I said, you know, do what you know, Jesus does, you know, go through the jungle. I went through it like, way past the jungle. Uh-huh. Like, how the people I was preaching to is like, if it was if compared to Australia, where it would be like me preaching to the Aborigines in their language in Northern Territory. In the middle, middle of the outback. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It was like doing that. Yeah. So I used to work like 10, 15 Ks a day to their village, talk, do Bible studies with them, or just, you know, mingle with them, do what Jesus did. Eventually, after that, um, had around 35 baptisms. Praise God. In that one year, and I thought, and that was probably the most fulfilling thing I've ever done in my life. It was just like, oh, there's more to life than just going to work and everything. And I was like, I have to go all in. Yeah. After I finished missionary work, came back, worked outside in corporate for another year or so. Then I got a calling to work for the church, and here I am. And here you are traveling the world, fixing everybody's uh, yeah. IT problems, and getting the gospel out to the world. In uh, digital format, zeros and ones. That's it. And, there's the, and there goes the gospel. That is an amazing story. Um, you know, when we, when we first asked you, can you come on and tell us, share a story? And Ben's like, yeah, everybody has a story, I guess, you know. I was not expecting a story like this. was not expecting um, this level of story. So you, you went to the Philippines, you learnt the language, you preached your first sermon there in the local language about yeah. two months after yeah, getting sorry. there. Because I was just just straight baptized, I've never even done um, communion before. I, that was the first time I did communion. I, I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> it, was, it was quite an experience. And over there, over there, they take um, everything to the next level. Right. Like religion is very serious business there, so oh, yeah. they have really high um, high standards when it comes to like church. Like you know, women on one side, men on one side. Uh, sitting in the church like the amount of like when it comes to communion uh, everyone forgives each other like it's pretty much a clean threat every single time wow it's very if diff- only we had that in Australia yeah like pretty much it's like once if you wash, once you wash each other's feet every, all sins are forgiven between all like church members yeah yep. between yep. each other yeah so it's, yep. it's, it's it's very different to over here that's a really good thing yeah it's a really it's, good it's thing to take thing. it so seriously yeah and you're working amongst people who've kind of basically living a traditional lifestyle. Yeah, very, very humble. Yeah, they just work in the fields. And so, how many languages do you speak then? Oh, I speak Cambodian. I speak English. I don't speak that much uh, Tagalog, which is Filipino. Yeah, because you lost it because you've been I, back. I, back I've been here for like five, six years now. Yeah, yeah, you don't so. use it. Yeah, you lose it. Yeah, that's right. Just like you know, when you when God uses you, you got to continue using His work. Uh-huh. And you speak computer. 
Yep. <laughs> Speak that well. Yeah. Uh, Ben's been in here this morning fixing all kinds of problems that we've uh, sort of had floating around in our system for a fair while. And uh, it's so glad to see all those problems just disappearing. And, and some of them, you know, you had to go away and do some research and have some have a think about and go, well, I think it might be if we, we can probably solve it this way. So um, doing great things for God. And uh, the future, what are, your, what are your thoughts? I mean, serving God, obviously, um, you know, getting the message out through zeros and ones at the moment, but um, wherever God leads me, yeah, yeah. Do you see yourself going back into you know a preaching kind of ministry again at some stage? I, I did have a, I did have a uh, agreement with God mm-hmm. that uh, if I didn't get into IT, I'd be a pastor. Okay, I'd like go into ministry, but God sent me here instead. So that's right. There's got to be a reason why. There's a reason why, and uh, who knows what the future holds. Ben, thank you so much for joining us here on Faith FM this morning and sharing your story. Um, quite a remarkable story. Born in the jungle, now traveling the world, sharing the gospel through uh, through IT and through zeros and ones. It's a great calling and a great work that you're doing, and we praise God for what you do. Thank you very much for having me. That was Ben. We're going to be back after the 8 o'clock news. We'll be back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.